Well, everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the still burning, lovable dumpster fire that is. <laughs> shit. Grown men watch this shit. We do. Grown men listen to this shit. Who? What grown men still listen to this shit? <laughs> I honestly do not know. Uh, I, I can't imagine the people that uh, tune into us every two weeks roundabout. Uh, I mean, we're, we're grateful that you do. Don't know us, like it, people who know us probably couldn't continue to listen us ramble on. <laughs> if you're like, "Hey, who are these random people I don't know that are semi, maybe semi interesting? How did this American and this Australian guy become friends? It's strange, but we're here for it." Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I don't know if like we just get auto downloaded, maybe. And, like, the numbers that I see, like, no one actually listens to it. That would be pretty good. I've never actually seen any of these numbers you speak of. Are, is it, are numbers relatively okay? Yeah. Yeah, I believe we, uh, we, we do pretty well comparative to the, the other... The rest uh, of the network? Yeah, the rest of the network. So we're, we're good. Yeah. Josh, Josh tells me good things whenever I talk other, to him. Will we put it on par with other podcasts, like... Are are we nipping on the heels of uh, Bruce Pritchard? And, oh, definitely. Oh, my dog unplugged my fu- fucking headset. One second. <laughs> One second. Yeah, we're, we're right, definitely nipping on the heels of Bruce Pritchard and JR and uh, Eric Bischoff and all those guys. For sure. Stupid dog, dog ripped the cord out of the fucking headset, so all of a sudden I, I couldn't speak or hear. Oh, <laughs> it, happens. it happens. <laughs> Tony, what's going on with you, buddy? Yo, so I am... This This is the big day. Ladies and gentlemen, just so you know the commitment that, uh, that I have to this show, I am flying out on this day to uh, travel a, across the Atlantic Ocean. Um, wait, Atlantic or Pacific? I always get them confused. Atlantic, unless you're going around uh, the way of Japan and swinging around. Well, we don't go like past. Where are you landing? Where are you landing? Uh, LA. So I think that's you're the Pacific in LA? Ocean. Yeah, yeah, you're going Pacific. That's a long way. I mean, that's not the long way, but. Short way for us. Yeah, you would assume uh, when we're looking at a map, Americans go, well, they're going to be flying over the fucking the Atlantic Ocean. No, they go around the other way because it's the globe, AJ Styles. Mm, yeah, there we go. See, buddy, you're learning things, geography, Ugh, all the things on this show. I I figured as much, but I just, you, you confused me when you said the wrong one first. Yeah, I don't know why Atlantic came um, up first in my mind. It's it's always specific. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, I'm I'm doing that on this day. So I'm I've only like packed about a quarter of my bag, I'm gonna say. So I've still got a fair bit of preparation to go. And yet here I am sitting down recording a podcast. Uh because because I love you guys, you know? Great bloke. This your tops. Your tops, Yay. mate. Tops. Woo! Um, so yeah, we, we thought this would be a last little chance to, to do a bit of a preamble before the, the big, exciting wrestling trip that's about to take place. 
Um, yeah, I mean, we're probably not going to review as much content. Maybe keep this one a bit shorter. And, uh, yeah, just, just have a little bit of a chat about all the things that uh, are exciting coming up. There is a bit of news. Not even old news. Current news. <laughs> <laughs> That has happened uh, of late. Um, I woke up uh, yesterday to see the news about Access TV being purchased uh, by Anthem. So now the Owls own the uh, the channel that um, New Japan uh, and uh, Women of Wrestling, I believe, uh, air on in your country. That's a pretty big deal. It's fucking pretty crazy how that worked out. I also heard... By some weird situation, I guess Steve Harvey is a part owner now of the show. <laughs> I love me, I love me some Steve Harvey. So if this means we can get Steve Harvey in either a New Japan or even an Impact Wrestling ring, I am all for it. Yeah, calling people by the wrong names, like uh, who used to do that all the time was uh, fuck. Uh, was it Jericho that called everybody their wrong names? Like Kurt Angel so. and Greenberg and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, oh, the Dean, was it Dean Malerkel? Oh, uh, no, Dean, uh, Stinko Malenko. Yeah, there we go, there we go. Yeah, he was pretty good at that. You know what Steve Harvey would have been great for? Remember that terrible hmm. run where they were having, like, the guest GMs on Raw and they'd have all these, like, B and D grade celebrities uh, who would just come in for a night and uh, and run that shit? Steve Harvey would have fucking owned that. I'm actually, we may be misremembering. Maybe he did. I mean, that, that he sounds like the perfect surprised. celebrity to do so. Yeah, he really would have. Because I remember the uh, the what was his name, the dude from um, the the game show that everyone loves with the really skinny microphone, and he had that great bit with Jericho. Oh, Bob Barker. Oh, Bob Barker. Oh, that, that, no one will ever be better than Bob Barker in terms of a celebrity appearance in wrestling. But, uh, yeah, has Steve uh, Harvey done that? I don't know. Uh, damn it, dog. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. If you could hear me. Hang on. Clearly Fucking Bronx is a Steve, uh, uh, Steve Harvey fan here. And he's like, obviously... Jeremy, come on. How do you not know this? I fucking dog pulled the headset out again like a dick. <laughs> I can still hear you okay. <laughs> no, I mean, did you hear me when I was saying dog pulled it out? Hang on, hang on, hang on. No. <laughs> well, then you couldn't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you do need to be plugged in. Shocking. But yeah, uh... Steve Harvey, I was not aware, or nor am I aware. Did you do the research? Have we determined whether or not he's hanging out with the wrestlers back when Raw had managers or guest hosts? I've done a Google search of Steve Harvey. Actually, no, I've misspelled it. Steve Garvey. Let me fix this <laughs> up. <laughs> His gimmick is for getting names wrong, so that's perfect. Yeah. Guys, I swear I'm not even drunk yet. Um, Dog, get out of here. Steve Move. Harvey, Stop. WWE no Raw way. Google search. Um, no, top result is the Anthem buying majority of Access TV um, ah, news. Well, so, they missed out on something. They definitely missed out. Yeah, well, I, I think we're all, all set to go for Steve Harvey's big, amazing debut in the world of professional wrestling. 
I'm excited. It's crazy. That's where all the wrestling fans went to. Like, oh, Steve Harvey owns TNA. Like, what? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Hilarious. How good? I, I mean, I hate the authority figures in wrestling in this day and age in general. But how fucking good an authority figure would Steve Harvey be on weekly oh on God. Impact Wrestling? That'd be so great. Just <laughs> laughing at everyone being stupid. <laughs> Giving them those Steve Harvey eyes when they when they do something dumb, yeah, or outrageous. And actually, you know what? Let's just make Steve Harvey's mustache the general manager. Like <laughs> Steve Harvey could show up and be there with the mustache, but the mustache makes all the decisions. Oh man. Um, I mean, so outside of Steve Harvey, what what do you think this is going to mean? Because like there've been sort of a, a bit of a tumultuous relationship between uh, Impact Wrestling and New Japan over the years. Um despite the the new team in uh Impact with uh, Don Callis and Scott Demore and stuff apparently rumor and innuendo, but you know, trying to make some overtures to to New Japan to patch that up. Apparently there was still a, a lot of resentment from when uh what was it, Russo and Dixie uh, fucked over a bunch of the New Japan talent back in the day, namely one Okada. Do you remember his his gimmick back in TNA way back when? Yeah, and they did no favors for Sonata either. <laughs> yeah, they also buried um, Naito and Yujiro back when they were Team No Limit, and they were fucking awesome back then. And when you like, even recently, when they had uh, Ishimori, they were just making he. I mean, they were pushing him, but he wasn't like as awesome as he is now. Like they, well, they just failed. That was when Ishimori was still a Noah wrestler, and Impact was meant to have to deal with Noah. Ah, had a bit of going back right. and forth there, and then springing off of that, I think that may have had something to do with uh, Ishimori jumping ship to New Japan. But I guess more that it does illustrate that they don't know what to fucking do with talented Japanese wrestlers for the most part. I, I don't know. I've been uh, a bit of a fan of, of uh, Impact under the new ownership. I've always thought that the worst thing in the history of Impact Wrestling is the, the incompetency of Dixie Carter. And once they ousted her out of the place and got a, a, some sensible minds back in, like Scott Demore and, and Don Callis, I, I think they've, uh, they've been steering a pretty good ship. I was speaking more of specifically Japanese talent. Uh, yeah, that's why I said Japanese talent. They like the rest of the show is pretty good, but like name one Japanese talent that they got over really well. Under the new ownership? No, ever. Ever. <laughs> that's not fair to the new ownership. They're not responsible no, saying, for that previous bullshit. I'm to the track record of TNA period. Like they've never been able to get over even they don't they haven't even booked really a, any awesome Japanese wrestler. Ishimori was there. They didn't do he wasn't featured very well, I feel. I was hey, watching that. We did get that awesome match with Kurt Angle and Yuji Nagata way back when uh <laughs> from the Tokyo Dome. That was like the best match in impact wrestling history when they showed that on the show. We're clearly talking about different things now. <laughs> <laughs> also, I was I went back and I was watching you know how the Impact has like their old retro Impact stuff from like Nashville, uh, the replays up on um, the Asylum stuff, the things. Yeah, yeah, the Asylum. Uh, I saw they had of all people, and I had no idea this match took place. They had uh, Takao Mori uh, appear in um, in TNA, which blew my mind. I'm a huge Takao Mori fan, uh, dating back to like the '90s uh, Old Japan. His No Fear tag team with uh, with Takiyama. 
um, his, his awesome matches with Junaki Yama for the Triple Crown in, um, in uh, all Japan over in the late 2000s. Uh, he's still doing great stuff in current day all Japan. But yeah, Takao Mori, master of the Axe Bomber, uh, actually had uh, a match or two in, uh, in TNA. I thought that was wild. Um, I'm an American, so I believe the master of the Axe Bomber is one Terry Bollea, the Hulk Hogan. Um, <laughs> let's, let's no, say... I'm actually not too. I'm not too familiar with him. You know me, man. I'm like a student of knowing lots of things about wrestling, but I haven't fucking watched enough awesome All Japan. Like everything I see is in clips or GIF form. So, right. but you fill me in. How fucking awesome was this guy, man? Give me what's a notable match. Or yeah, I would, the... I would mostly put up like because he was pretty fun like early in his career in like the kind of the late nineties all Japan, um, mm-hmm. and then he kind of like was all over the place, and then he's he really came back to uh, to just be like even after sort of like during the twilight years of his career, um, when he came back to all Japan once um, Junak Yama was was running it after him and a bunch of Noah guys came in. Uh, kind of usurp the promotion um but yeah there were a series of matches between Takao Mori and Jun Akiyama over the Triple Crown that um pretty sure one of them won like Japanese wrestling match of the year like it was that good oh shit yeah yeah he's he's awesome um and he also has like the greatest entrance music of all time so I'll let you discover that uh that for your yourself um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan <laughs> of Takao Mori. Apparently there's a UK wrestler called Omori or Omari, something like that. And, uh, hmm. yeah. And I think Davis was putting him over a while ago on one of our group chats. And I was like, holy shit, are you wrestling Takao Mori? It's like, no, no, I am not. <laughs> okay. So to recap TNA or impact much better now. I just yep. don't think they've been able to push Japanese wrestlers as well as they possibly could. Yeah, and fair. that might change now. It's it, like, who knows? Hopefully they can, you know, build some sort of bridge back with New Japan because they're definitely soured on ROH. So You really think so? It seems like it. There, there seems to be a lot of people saying that, but I can't see any actual evidence that that is happening. People are thinking just because New Japan is, is doing this series of shows in the Northeast – buildings that ROH would normally run that the, the relationship soured. But I almost saw it like ROH has these buildings booked with the current kind of way attendance is going. There's no way they would be filling those those buildings. So they were like, hey, want to come take them? Like, I, I think that's more of a realistic way that this may have gone down. The... Hmm. I, I viewed it as they, you know, want to do their own thing. They definitely haven't been as prevalent on ROH TV or ROH pay-per-views as much as they were uh last year i mean significantly has decreased by me i mean i think it makes sense because they were they were a bit overexposed in um the amount of of tours where you just have the roh show and oh yep here's this new japan guy here's that new japan guy to the point they didn't even really feel that special anymore so i think they didn't feel like roh anymore well they did need to wind it back and i think as well in in wanting their their own shows to draw better um, stateside, uh, they probably again don't want their their guys to be as overexposed in the market. But I, I mean, I think it's, they realized it's it was a more beneficial relationship for ROH than it was for New Japan. 
Well, I mean, if we take ROH out of it, New Japan wouldn't have got into Madison Square Garden. So, I mean, it does go both ways. Oh, yeah, man. Sometimes you have to let let somebody lead the way a little bit before you step away. Hmm. Uh, you know, it happens in most businesses. People, <laughs> once they realize they can strike out on their own, they go for it. I still think they need the infrastructure that ROH has stateside because the, the one thing that I um, always annoyed at with New Japan is their their lack of, uh, of of basic kind of like infrastructure in their domestic uh, USA shows? Um, like most of them, none of them have enough advertising to to what they actually should. Uh, special local advertising, um, like you don't see anything in terms of like television advertising. Uh, like they they really don't do all that much and a lot of time you see like little things that are kind of like i don't know it just seems a bit lazy because they've they've probably got one dude who's responsible for all of this whereas i think the um that that's where having a partner like roh to be able to help out with this stuff is uh, invaluable i mean a, a big time example of that how about the the tv uh deal and then the actual uploading to new japan world of the super j cup that you went to that's still fucking not up on New Japan World. I still haven't been able to watch this fucking show be, <laughs> because they uh, apparently Fight TV didn't didn't cover those shows, so they just didn't go up. Um, so they got like bloody three week, three or four week delay, which is ridiculous in in this day and age. But I mean, that's exactly where if they had said, "Hey, ROH, could you guys bring over your 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 film crew and and help us out? Maybe we can put these shows on Honor Club in addition to um, putting them on New Japan World, and we could have had them up, you know, on a couple of day delay as opposed to a three week delay. I, I think they're still a good partner. I don't know. Yeah, fair. I I, mean, I don't run know the all the business side, so but that definitely is sound argument. Uh, one thing I can say from somebody who knows somebody who worked closely with. New Japan, uh, I talked to Farmer. He talked about how, what a well-oiled machine it is. Like, it, it was impressive to watch, I guess. How oh, you yeah. Guys I mean, compared to the the average American indie show, <laughs> I think it's, like, just complete world's difference of, yeah, how a, a proper, you know, big-time Japanese wrestling company runs their shit. Even using, like, the local ring team, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Mm. Yeah. Um, hey, speaking of Mark, mm-hmm. uh, we should talk about this real quick because it's just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, J- Josh Bodum beating up that referee. <laughs> <laughs> I um... Mark, I love the video of it because Mark they show Mark walking over to it and turned around <laughs> He's and like, the yeah, this, this is none of my business. I'm just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I popped so hard when that happened. So did I. And like Kyle did the same thing. I thought that was yeah. so <laughs> Oh, I man. feel bad for the referee that they step in, but I think it's hilarious. And like, I want no part of this. I um, it's <laughs> I, I don't know. People got really, really angry about this, as the Twitter world often does. I was more, and again, this is probably like my asshole, like former worker mentality on this stuff. I was more pissed off at the referee for airing it's... airing this like dirty laundry over Twitter before even talking to Andy Quilden or even talking to, to Bodum or Shah Samuels. He just he put this on fucking Twitter, like baby faces those guys. Oh yeah, not a problem, not a problem, all smiley face joking around. 
And then next thing, a couple of days later, well, these guys don't even know there's a problem. And then he's just like putting it up on Twitter. That's a fucking like dog move in my book. That's unprofessional. And that's like, that, that shouldn't be, that's like the first thing you learn in wrestling. You know, you don't air fucking a company's dirty business out like that before dealing directly with the dudes. Well, then Josh Bodum does the same thing where he gets buried by the company in public. And then he puts on his Instagram stories, a message he got from one of the promoters saying how they got his back, even though they were buried him in the public eye. So he shared that on his Instagram. And then he said he was quitting wrestling. But that was like after it all kind of like went down and fell apart and exploded with all of this. These oh, no, I just seen it's burying the company. How people are doing that both. They're doing both things like they're acting one way in public. And then on the other side, like, hey, man, don't worry about this. This will blow over. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's how you have to do it. Like if I was um, in Andy's shoes. I'd probably be doing the exact same thing, you know, as much as that sounds like a shitty move. But, like, you know, you have to sort of deal with... Um, Why your, couldn't he just your... say, fuck you, Bodum? Well, he, I, don't, I don't know whether he has. I don't know whether it's like, a, all right, let's just let this simmer down kind of situation. We're saying we're completely severing ties and then we'll see what happens later. Or whether it actually has been, you know, like, like they've said in their public statement. But it's just a... It's a weird... Thing without knowing all the details, you know. No one deserves to get beat up, bro. Like a kid has to fucking quit wrestling. Yeah, but or... if if you had that, how do you go two more shows after that and not say anything to the guy, not bring it up? No, 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 bro. I I completely agree with you. The way it was handled after the fact was goofy and shitty and unprofessional on all parts, but. The guy going out of his way to just decimate this little referee is fucking stupid. He wasn't right? that bad. I watched the footage, and he gave him a couple of one one knee and a couple of back clubs, and the back clubs actually looked safe. So yeah, the fucking's not working anymore. And also, like the other enough. thing, everyone was burying Shah Samuels for giving him the body slam, and they're making out, oh, this referee doesn't know how to take a body slam. Fuck that. I refereed for like two years, and the first thing you learn as a referee, is how to bump when you have to do a, a ref bump and how to take a, a basic move bump like that. So he would fucking I think a lot know. of people were just bitching at it because it wasn't planned. But yeah, no, it was like one of the safest body slams I've ever seen. But yeah. he, regardless, it was... I also, think more people like any, are any, going to Any consent. job in wrestling, like any capacity like that, you have to know how to work with shit on the fly. Like, it's not this fucking world where... Oh, we didn't agree to this two weeks in advance. Like uh, the world of wrestling, <laughs> like there's you, you, you. Sometimes you just have to go with stuff, you know. So we I just mean, need to broadcast to every referee working out there that it's improv. If somebody attacks you, just allow them to. <laughs> fuck! If you like talk about the history of wrestling, like if we're talking about a, a Terry Funk match with like fucking Stan Hansen from like Southwest from like the the early eighties or something, and shit goes goes down and something happens weird with like a fan coming in they have to improvise you telling me terry funk wouldn't be like oh let's have some fun with the referee or something like that and no one would have i like, can't say that I'm just, I'm just saying most referees nowadays don't think they are going to get their ass whooped if they blow a finish like it's probably assumed that people are just like ah oh, fuck you fucked up they'll yell at him in the back not beat his ass in front of everyone oh well, yeah i mean obviously that's regrettable and what what josh did was <laughs> uh was regrettable but at the same time i'm like this whole idea that like 
any time for you to physically touch a referee whatsoever or, you know, verve away from the, the script that it's like this whole negative victim culture thing. I'm like, it's fucking wrestling, man. Like, it's a rough sport. you got to be able to go with the flow sometimes. I don't know. Let it be known that half of this podcast <laughs> accepts the handling of referees. <laughs> The other half does not. Uh, I'm going to say I don't think what Josh Bodum did to him, you know, was completely above boards, regrettable. It's the kind of thing. I'm, I have no doubt that Josh would have apologized to him after after they got to the back, you know. I, that definitely would have happened. But I think that the thing that, that annoyed me more was just how this referee um, dealt with it, which I think was completely unprofessional. All righty. So that's, that's my take on that one. <laughs> um, the other oh do you remember way back when i notoriously fucked up bandito's name and called him bandito, bandito jr. jr for like a good <laughs> i want to say two to three shows i don't yes, know sir. i may be exaggerating that but uh i i don't remember if i you know that there was actually a guy certainly two certainly two yeah, yeah, you, definitely. I think you brought it up about there actually being a Bandito Jr. Yeah, yeah. So there, there is a Bandito Jr. He was big in the, the New Jersey um, sort of indie scene of the early 2000s, Jersey All Pro, JCW, like those kind of companies. Um, and I saw a name that popped up in the news today, and it rang a bell. The dude who uh, he was Bandito Jr. from back then, uh, he's been working as an NXT referee recently, and uh, today it was reported that he's uh, been moved up to the main roster of WWE for, as, a, as a referee. Tip. Bandito Jr. is a referee on WWE TV? Mm-hmm. Shit! Eddie Orengo. We need to call him Bandito Jr. Jr. Yeah. El Hijo del Bandito Jr. Bandito Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how nuts is that? Uh, Bandito Jr. is now a referee on Raw. What a small world. Yeah. (laughs) What a small world of wrestling. thought that was was fun. Uh, Speaking of the the Lucha Libre news, I have uh, been watching a a little bit of the Triple A of late. Um, I, I've really enjoyed the shit out of um, Triple Mania this year with the amazing um, bloody bout between Blue Demon Jr. and Dr. Wagner Jr. involving oh, Blue really. Demon hitting him with a fucking hammer a bunch of times. <laughs> then the cinder block to finish? Yeah, winning the match with the fucking cinder block. I thought that match was <laughs> tremendous. I thought it blew that, that Young Bucks match out of the fucking water, man. But um, so I have been tuning into the last couple of episodes of uh, of Triple uh, A, and so I watched the most recent episode uh, just uh, the other day, and there was some controversy, my friend. Have you heard about this? Uh it's not ringing a bell. Go on, sir. You so, piqued my interest. Triple A are renowned pieces of shit when it comes to. <laughs> A lot of things. Talking about the renaming these three fucking dudes? (laughs) Yes. So they're they're renowned pieces of shit for a lot of things. Uh, You know, treating their employees like scum, uh, not paying dudes when they're injured, uh, you know, firing firing people for terrible reasons. But but one of the main things that sticks in my craw is the idea that they'll, uh, you know, trademark a guy's name uh, and then they just see fit to, to create a new version of him 
sometimes they just call it the exact same name like they did with um with octagon no i was gonna say oh no they were did octagon jr yeah. um uh what's his name from wcw uh psychosis remember how they, oh, they yes. had the original psychosis who then become became nisho uh yeah. and then they had just this this other dude uh, who I think he ended up in CMLL going as like Raptor or something, um, but yeah, they they just he's he's just psychosis now. This is he looks identical, totally the same guy, you know, uh, complete bullshit. But yeah, so they have a history of doing this. They you know obviously very famous for La Parker, um, just coming up with a, a complete another La Parker to start with. They called him La Parker Junior, but then they quickly got rid of that and just like yeah, he's just La Parker. And because I guess it was a bit of a different wrestling world back then, people just, you know, by and large, the casual Lucha Libre fan just kind of believed it for a long time. And then um, LA Park, you know, became his own badass, awesome uh, thing, separate to the La Parker character. And then they ended up coming back and having a few, blah, blah, blah. But so that bit of a, a history of uh, putting uh, guys under the, the mask and either just fraudulently calling them junior, like they have like they're the son of the guy yeah. or just calling him outright the same name just because fuck you, you know, we own the gimmick. Yeah, we'll whatever. just put it on someone else. Uh, yeah. But so they've done, they did went to do that uh, a couple of years ago, I want to say with uh, Octagon where they came up with uh, an Octagon junior. Now they, they decided. This did not make Octagon too happy. <laughs> no, it did not. Cause Octagon has his own son who he was wanting to, um, you know, take on the the moniker. You know, if in, in Octagon worked in CMLL like uh, prior to to Triple A, so it wasn't like uh, like Triple A invented this Created Octagon it, gimmick yeah. or, at all. But they they registered the trademark of it or whatever. I think there's a lot of legal uh, complicated stuff going on. But yeah, last time they decided to put the Octagon Junior mask on uh, poor Flamita. Do you remember that story? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which resulted in the real Octagon uh, ambushing an autograph signing that Octagon <laughs> Jr. was doing with a whole bunch of heavies and uh, semi-automatic weapons and taking the mask by force. <laughs> so good. <laughs> which was it's actually like One filmed. of the most lucha things I've ever heard. Yeah, you can actually watch that on YouTube. It's still up there. It's incredible. Um, but so now... Obviously, AAA hasn't learned from their past behavior, and uh, mm-hmm. they've done it again. And again, they've, they've decided to put this Octagon Junior mask on a really fucking incredibly talented up-and-coming guy, like probably one of my favorite uh, luchadors from the indie scene at the moment, Golden Magic. And yeah, and what a fucking awesome name Golden Magic is. His, like, his why look, would you his get whole rid of that? Was, was fantastic. Like, as was, but apparently the AAA are really big on um, only pushing guys that they own the gimmick for so that they can fuck them on the way out and have more control over them if they uh, if they leave. So that is, uh, that is a thing. So they did that to Octagon Jr. They also uh, did the same thing for um, Bengala. Which uh, Ricky yeah. Marvin actually was played the previous version of Bengala. Then there was another Bengala thereafter. Now they've put the Bengala gimmick on another really talented indie dude called called uh, Archangel Davino. Um, and then oh, we watched a match with him, didn't we? I believe so. Was that like yeah, the, yeah, the, we, the Dragon Bane match? Yeah, 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 
Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, he was was really really good. Um, then they've also uh, this is the one that I think is real a dog move. Abismo Negro, who was like one of the oh yeah great classic luchadors, like one of the, he was awesome. I remember him from like the TNA World Cup, just like fucking killing it, cool as fuck mask as well. Yep, and then he true. um he passed away uh, a couple of years ago, and um yeah, so they've they've now come up with this. Abismo Negro Jr., who now they've put that on um, Eterno, who was another really talented uh, indie dude. And uh, the the family, like I think his Abismo Negro's daughter, uh, did a post saying that AAA hadn't contacted them, the estate, like at all, didn't even give them a heads up on this, let alone asking permission or, you know, whether they'd be okay with it or any sort of like money deal. It's a tribute or... gimmick, guys. Yeah, they'll be really happy when they're surprised and they see it on TV. You know, it's a compliment. Fucking <laughs> it. <laughs> oh man, so oh, it's 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 tough because I know, like from the Octagon Junior side, I know that Golden Magic is is probably a much better wrestler than um, the real Octagon. You know, Junior Octagon's actual son probably uh, is just due to the amount of time that he's been wrestling. I think the real Octagon Junior's only been doing it like a year or two or something. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, in the match, like, Golden Magic fucking killed it. Like, he's a really fucking great wrestler. To where I'm now, well, I don't know what, it, maybe the real Octagon Junior who's going as Iho del Octagon. Uh, like, is he going to prove himself on the outside and maybe, like, one day come in like L.A. Park did and have, like, a, a work a feud off of this or something? Or is the crowd just going to fucking reject Octagon Jr., like, this fraudulent Octagon Jr.? I don't know. It's a shame, man. Mm. Really talented guys who could, you know, establish their own legacy have to carry on something because the company hey we got these old masks we want to sell still no I'm just joking. yeah well it's probably like we'll give you a fucking way bigger push if you do this character than if you don't i don't know that's weird and um you know the real funny thing golden magic mm-hmm. was actually part of their trios champions and still is okay so <laughs> what does he have they? to wrestle both gimmicks yeah that's what i'm like are we gonna have him like go back to be like golden magic and like trios title defenses or is he just gonna have go back to that gimmick to drop the title or are they just gonna like ignore it and crown new champions or it's uh, bizarre it also raises questions of like how last minute this was as well like let's introduce the guy while he's still our trios champion interesting Mm. <laughs> Way to go, Triple A. Yeah, but I mean, that being said, uh, not the most the wrestling's good. The, yeah, the actual show was real fun. It's probably the best Triple A has been in in many years. I think it has a bit to do with um, Conan being uh, back in charge as Booker, maybe having a bit more control than what he used to do. Um, but yeah, it was a fun show, and I, I am actually going to the the Triple A show. In um in New York at the Hulu Theater, and I'm I'm actually kind of pumped for it, despite oh, yeah, knowing yeah. what a shitty company they are. That was the show are. you and John were talking about. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, John got me got me the tickets because the I wasn't able to access the Ticketmaster for some reason from Australia. Geoblocking. Yeah, why would they do that? I guess they assumed that no Australians were gonna go. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like no way in hell. This is New York. Why would some Australian be? Yeah. 
Mm. But uh, yeah, got, got my tickets and like fucking Kane Velasquez is going to be on that show in a, a trios match uh, with that's like a, that's fucking cool. Yeah, with like Taurus and um and uh, bunch of, of really uh, really good dudes. So that should be good. And um, we get the main event of the the big rematch between Blue Demon Junior and Doctor Wagner Junior, which I'm pumped as fuck for. There better be a hammer involved. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Or something more, even more destructive this time. Mm. Yeah, the um, a shovel, Ooh. I, an actual shovel, maybe a screwdriver. You can just get other things from the, from the oh, toolbox. Stabby. Yeah, I always lo- loved that. Um, that probably my favorite Triple H match ever. And I'm not in any way a fan of Triple H, but that one he had with Flair in the cage, and they had the the screwdriver, and it was actually somewhat violent for a WWE match. I thought that was awesome. Okay, you're like, I can't possibly put Triple H over without letting anybody, everybody know <laughs> that I actually do not like him. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, I didn't go through all of those early 2000s terrible captive uh, shows that were like completely burying everyone at the expense of Triple H. I didn't go with that, <laughs> through that without being able to complain about Triple H every time. I speak his name. <laughs> oh, I get you, man. It, it made <laughs> sense. It just was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny with this show. To start with, I was like, oh, this show's going to suck when it was originally going to be in Madison Square Garden. And um, I was just thinking, oh, man, they're not drawing a crowd at all there. It's going to be like 2,000 people in like a fucking 15,000 seat venue. It's going to be depressing as shit. But then as soon as they announced it was being moved to the Hulu Theater, I'm like, fuck, this show should actually be really fun. <laughs> when you started going at first i thought the show was gonna suck i thought you were talking about our podcast that we recorded right now then <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about the other stuff dog quit biting me you're being a real asshole <laughs> yeah no i uh i always had high expectations about what i'm about to say <laughs> of course no not really actually we didn't have anything planned really for today we're just gonna have a quick little ramble chat but sometimes they're yeah. fun you know yeah hmm um, so any, any news from, uh, that you've seen that you think's worth talking about, Seth? Uh, much like you just said, I really don't have anything prepared. I didn't think of anything because we jumped on so quickly. Um, oh no, I just meant off the top of your head. Anything of like, yeah, it sounded think... like a big, big deal. Um, let me think. Um, no, nothing really. <laughs> Great, great I mean, podcasting like, here. Woo! The most stuff I focus on is all the nonsense that happens like on Twitter, so that's why I brought up the fucking Josh Bodum story. But yeah, uh, the cesspool that is Twitter. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's a good place. I like it. <laughs> you did pretty well. Um, I did watch actually uh, one of those women of wrestling shows. I was supposed to do the channel one time. I the show comes off like WWE style presentation of a women's wrestling show. Is it like the old to... WoW used to be or like um what was the it's, the one it's that... kind of cheesy. Yeah. Like like glow yeah. kind of vibes. Yeah, but like they're actual wrestlers instead of women playing wrestlers. Mm. For the most part like as far as I know. I think the real glow had a mix, didn't they? Uh I believe like a few, but I think most of them were just like actresses and models and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that that's where the I, I I actually think it was hilarious. Like the the few little bits of glow that I've I've seen, like 
Oh, same. And the fucking documentary is a great fucking watch. If you ever, I'm sure you've watched it by now. But if, if the you haven't gotten around to seeing the, the television clothes, show, the documentary, I have not actually seen the documentary. You definitely should check it out. It's solid. Ooh, I'm intrigued. Oh, speaking of women's wrestling, I did actually recently watch the um, Dark Side of the Ring episode of uh, on Fabulous Moolah. Dude, I haven't got around shit. to watching any of that shit because I want to watch them, but it's so morose. I, I, I try to be positive about wrestling. I don't want to fucking watch all this depressing <laughs> shit. I um, I, I like the episode because it it felt like an actual real documentary and not this bullshit, you know, fucking Michael Moore kind of documentary where you already have an agenda type of thing. Like it was, it was even and and balanced and sort of left the decision up to the the viewer in terms of was was Moolah this fucking renowned piece of shit that a lot of people say that she was, or was she actually a, a good person who just was doing what she had to do kind of thing? Because they have, like, a lot of different people who were, like, talking about the events, ranging from, like, you know, family of, of one of the girls who said that they, you know, she actually pimped their mum out and, uh, you know, kept her going on a whole bunch of drugs and were just, like, have her have sex with this promoter or that promoter to, to get her booking or whatever. Um, you know, it's like all the stories go. And then other oh, people, awesome. other people that were like, um, no, well, I, you know, people say that, but I never saw any of that and blah, blah, blah. I think Moolah was, was great. And there's just a smear campaign and blah, 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 blah. So, um, yeah, it was, it was quite interesting hearing from the different characters. Um, and also it, I, I liked that they actually touched on how much of a fucking farce it is that people think that like Moolah kept wrestling alive kind of thing and was, did all this great work for, for women's wrestling like way back when, when actually, you know, she pretty much like took it down from, from being an awesome in-ring product to being just the, the, the piece of shit sort of like parody that, that we knew that was kind of women's wrestling for a long time. Um, because like, you know, Muller was never a very good wrestler and she didn't want the other girls to show her up kind of thing. So, yeah. It was a very interesting thing. I'd, uh, I'd highly recommend everyone, uh, gives it a, a watch ski. Uh, the one that actually I didn't think is up, but the one thing that I, that had kind of came out today about killer cross, uh, basically breaking his silence about the bullshit that went down with impact and how he asked for yeah, what's going on there. Get it. Uh, apparently it all started over like merchandising. He wanted to get some fucking merchandising going and they kind of dropped the ball on that. Cause he was honestly the hottest property they had going for a good period of time there. And probably still is, even though they took him off TV, uh, or I, um, him, I guess I dug the feud and the way that they were approaching the feud between him and Eddie Edwards. I thought that was pretty cool. So what do you think, man? Uh, if he, when, if he is gone, uh, do you think WWE is going to pick this guy up? I think he's, being 34, he can't miss, right? He'd be a way bit better fit for AEW because they want kind of like big, big aggressive looking kind of guys that can actually work. Um, like yeah. they've, they've got who is that guy that they they teased on the the pay per view was coming in, just a big jacked up dude who from oh, all accounts can't but wrestle. Ward, Waldorf. Wardlow, yeah, Waldorf. <laughs> Waldorf. He's it's Sattler and Waldorf. <laughs> definitely walled off but yeah. um yeah i mean to me like if you're bringing in a guy like that who from all accounts isn't all that impressive in the ring whatsoever and i have to have a lot of 
smoke and mirrors and shit. Like you could bring they they should be bringing in dudes like um like Cross who who can actually work but also have like the the monster vibe. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I think you just, just get lost in the shuffle with WWE. Hundred percent. But my brain always goes WWE because I want guys to go make a whole bunch of money. Maybe not have to do a whole get, bunch, but get locked <laughs> up in the in the holding cell of a five year yep. contract and never actually get to wrestle and uh, the dream put in the shed. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's to work for the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking marks. Oh, I can't. I can't imagine people in this day and age. After hearing everything of what it's like and, and all of the practices and like you look at a dude like um, Brody Lee who's fucking doing all he can to get out of that contract or like even a Rusev, you know, and they're like, yeah, I want to fucking go there. Like fucking where does where does like the, the being a kid who's a mark in their fucking living room um, being like, oh, that's my my goal one day to actually like, you know, living in reality and being like, that sounds like a terrible career opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Like. How how do those things compute? You know, it's just bizarre to me. I uh, it honestly is strangely enough a Markish attitude. It really is, but at the same time, it comes down to a boyhood dream, maybe. So maybe that overrides any business sensibility. I I that's all I can assume. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've been dreaming about this all my life, so I will maybe take a little bit of emotional distress in order to achieve my dream for a period of time. I don't know. Yeah, I can. What do you think, man? If they came to you, fuck you'd no. Be like, uh, you said, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> no way. I like when I was actually wrestling. Like, hey, Chris, we want you to be in here, WWE Australia. It's gonna be uh, <laughs> the next territory. I mean, again, not not to actually say that I was any good whatsoever as a wrestler. So, like, let's completely take that out of the thing. But oh, I heard you wrestled circles around most gentlemen. Oh. Um, no, I had no like illusions of, of that kind of bullshit, but like, honestly, that was never even a thing that, that interested me. Cause like the kind of wrestling I love is like Japanese wrestling or, or like Mexican wrestling or like just these, these cultures of wrestling where there's actually like a, a respect for it and a proper like reverence for it. Like that, that's the kind let's of talk about it. Let's like. talk about it. Your boy, your boy and our boy. Jonah, also big fan of yeah. that style of wrestling, but has made his decision to go be part of the WWE. Do you think any part of him regrets betting on that he'll be get over or he'll be languishing? I mean, you're definitely speaking for, not speaking for him, just you're, <laughs> I, you're a sight from what you're interviewing. Do you think he'll end up regretting it by any means? Oh, it, it's hard, you know, in, in the case of like when it's someone that you actually know, like you just, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. you just have your fingers crossed for them. And it's yeah. like I, you know, it's it's not my place to to criticize or anything like that. Like, oh, I wouldn't say it's criticizing. I um, I just yeah, fingers crossed that. I know, think Jonah's one of those guys that he, if they you know kind of do what they can do because I they've been able to get guys like Jonah like big monster guys over pretty good. They did with Umaga, Rusev for a good while. Other people they just kind of flounder in the long run. So I think there's big, strong potential for Jonah to, or uh, Bronson Reed to be over big in WWE. But like you said, they're betting on themselves and could possibly be just locked up in a contract. I mean, it is it's one good thing of, um, you know, them actually having competition for the first time in, in forever means that they are, you are seeing some moves of them trying to 
do better by the guys because they know that there's somewhere else that they can go. So I don't know if that's more of an impetus for um, – like, I mean, it's probably definitely good for him, the, the news with uh, WWE trying to counter-program AEW on, um, on Wednesday nights uh, yeah. on, on USA. Please be a national team. television star. You got fucking two hours. I, I cannot like that's a whole separate conversation. I cannot but imagine this, how they're going to do another two hours and think that people aren't going to be burnt out. Uh, just gonna... imagine being one of these guys who is booked for the developmental and like, <laughs> you're like, oh by the way, we're going to be on national TV soon. Like, oh shit! <laughs> all right, cool. That's pretty fucking awesome. Well, it sounds like they're. they're cancelled the takeovers from being like as part of the big weekends like so they're not doing the one at royal rumble this year and by the sounds of it they're just gonna wait till AEW announces their big show around them and put it head to head so yeah i mean for the longest time nxt was just like a vanity project for like triple h but now it's kind of like a, a vanity project meets a um attempt to keep the other guys down i guess yeah but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it is. But uh, if the only um, good part of all of this bullshit is that uh, Jonah gets a, a better spot He's on that card, then yeah, yeah so fucking cool. fucking good for him, man. I mean, I, I, Jonah's such a good dude. Like, really just a friendly guy. So knowing yeah. that he is doing what he wanted to do and going to be on national TV, that it makes you it warms your cockles a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I um, yeah. High high hopes and um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yes, sir. Fingers crossed. Uh, I mean, lastly on the show, I guess like uh, we we've talked about uh, the upcoming bowler, obviously uh, a little bit um, so far. Uh, I guess last um, last thoughts on the on the upcoming card, man. Like we've got, have we actually broken down this this card and some of these matches yet? I don't believe we even discussed any of the matchups, no. Because we, I mean, we did mention that uh, some of the non-tournament matches with the tag teams, but not any tournament matches. Yeah, I mean, we got the f- whole first round uh, matchups ready to go. Um, it all, all was announced. Uh, and I mean, straight off the bat, match that I am ridiculously excited for, maybe too excited for. You know how that happens sometimes? You get like oh, two, yeah. it, you just build it <laughs> up. it's going to be a letdown. You put it on this plinth, and then how can it actually live up to those lofty standards? But Jeff Cobb against Daisuke fucking Sekimoto. Dude. Yeah, yeah when, I, when I saw that match announced, I automatically sent a message to him like, oh my God, dude. And he, he seemed pretty excited about it. <laughs> big strong voice, big strong voice, yeah. big strong voice. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be one of those where you hear those thuds throughout the entire globe. It's gonna be just like thwack. Also, awesome. both of those guys just scary strength. Like I can't mm-hmm. think there's anything anyone else in wrestling that just has the scary strength of those two. Maybe Daisuke Sekimoto's partner, Yuji Okubayashi. But apart from that, like this is just gonna be a, a bunch of feats of things that shouldn't be possible, I think, and really hard clubbering. Very rarely do we get to see Jeffrey thrown about, so that'll be interesting. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Cobb. Yeah, <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> um, I'm really excited as well for Gresham's opening round match against a man that you know 
quite well from your area in the Pacific Northwest, Mr. Artemis mm. Spencer. Yeah. Dude, uh, Artie, sadly, recently dropped the title to local favorite in the upcoming Superstar Shaft. But yeah, uh, Artie's great, man. It's cool to see him finally making his way down the West Coast. Maybe he'll make it to the the East Coast here soon. I mean, he already made it over to England, but yeah, dude, he's fucking great. And he does some really cool, awesome, goofy lucha stuff that you don't expect a white guy from Canada to be doing. Mm. And and like technically really good, right? Oh, sound as hell. Like that's that's his bread and butter. But with the, yep. then you see him doing like Phoenix style bounces off the ropes too. You're like, whoa, what the fuck's going on here? Mm. Exactly. Um, I think we may have mentioned this one in the past. This is ringing a little bit of a bell, but just uh, Darby Allen against Black Taurus. Oh, yes. Hot dog. The, the boy's going to be murdered. <laughs> Maybe he's actually legitimately going to be gored because, like, Black Taurus has those horns on his get-up. Maybe he's actually going to, like, pierce his uh, his insides. <laughs> That'd be so funny if they were shoot horns. Like, dude, 100% rigid and actually could stab a motherfucker. Like one of yeah, those videos safe. from uh, from the, the Spanish running of the bulls where you see those fucking idiots just get like completely fucked up by the bulls oh speaking of that a fucking matador got killed recently right on go bulls yeah i mean i <laughs> i hate to be like good a man died but in that case yeah yeah for 100 percent. i'm not about a guy dying but i'm stoked if the bulls win like that's the game right the bull yeah. won well no the bull never wins because the guy that that guy, you know, gets fucked up, but then the bull inevitably inevitably will still get killed by someone else. Yeah, one for the bulls. Mm. Man, I fucking hate bullfights. Dude, it's, it's the disgusting. Worst. Like the the fact that the people are like, well, it's tradition. Like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, uh, idiotic. Anyway, same, same thing with cockfighting, really. Yeah. Oh, dogfighting. Yeah. Anytime. Dog fighting too. Actually, cockfighting could be fun if you got the right fellas. It's <laughs> just, just two dudes slamming Whacking dongs. That's actually what I've done stand up once, and that's one of my jokes. So I, in the, in my stand up routine, uh, I told three jokes, and they all kind of linked together about a girl breaking up with me and me having to live my with some friends. Hmm. So I'm living with my friends, and then I come home, I find out, yeah, they're into cockfighting. Disgusting, right? Well, it gets worse than you think. It was two guys in the living room with knives strapped to their dicks. <laughs> Surrounded by 30 <laughs> Korean gentlemen betting. Uh, I didn't know what was going on. I made 30 bucks. <laughs> Is that pretty good? That's, that's some good shit. I like it. Dude, I need to get on stage again because I... Yeah, man. I did com- comedy... Comedy, comedy. I can speak. I've done comedy twice and killed both times, but I'm literally dying on the inside while doing it. So, <laughs> Was it like an open mic type? deal or was it uh... yeah i did over mic twice and both times the mc said dude you're good this is your first time well the second time he didn't say that because that'd be idiotic but the first time <laughs> and that's when <laughs> i knew he was completely blowing smoke up my ass <laughs> yeah. hey this is your first time no dude i saw you last week but yeah he's like you're really good and i never went back i assumed that the three jokes i told were stolen <laughs> <laughs> no man you should definitely get back on that i'll tell my other joke when i have one so uh, my girlfriend hit me up. She said she wanted to talk. So uh, I joined her in the living room. We sat down to chat. And she's like, Jeremy, I, I got something to tell you. Uh, I'm, I'm bulimic. I'm, I'm suffering from bulimia. And I go, 
oh my god you've been wasting so much of my money <laughs> oh dear <laughs> that one could uh could go two ways in terms of a, a reaction based on oh, your audience huge I pop think. huge awesome. pop awesome <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, I won't do the other joke, but my other joke that I told in that stand-up bit uh, revolved around feline leukemia or cat AIDS. So it, it got over well, too. You can make a cat AIDS joke make people laugh, believe it well, or not. That's that's a good sign for comedy in uh, in 2019. Everyone's uh, you know, a little <laughs> bit too serious these days. Uh, oh, this was, like, this was like four years ago, dude, so we're fucked. Oh, yeah. Well, even more reason for you to get on that stage again and just see where we're at in terms of 2019 comedy and what we can still laugh at. Yes, sir. Well, enough about me. Back to wrestling. <laughs> so, this card is fucking stacked, dude. Like, yeah. the Dragon the fact Lee and that Ray Horace. That'll be fucking amazing great. Brody King matches. and Ugg. Oh, and then, unfortunately... I don't think we talked about it, but Cavanero had to be pulled out. Yeah, unfortunately. yeah, that made me sad. I heard. But Aramis, thing... are we? Is he pretty dope? Like, are we? Are we replaced yeah, yeah. by somebody else? Yeah, awesome? yeah, he was actually on the um the AAA show that I was watching the other day, and he looked good. Um, good. Yeah, I mean, just everything you expect from like a, a really flippy indie dude, uh, indie lucha dude. But yeah. I think people will be like, yeah, this guy does everything we want our luchadors to do in PWG. And I'm, I'm, shel I'm selfishly, I'm selfishly stoked uh, for Alex Zane being on the show. Like the guy blew up this year, dressed off of some fucking crazy spots. He did mm -hmm. a couple GCW shows. So uh, really proud of that guy. He's the uh, dude also, he's that be did the crazy thing in their backyard show, right? Yeah. He did the, uh, the six thirty off over the rope. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, uh, he was the, in the match with Deppen. It's always Deppen that makes people look fucking incredible, and I'm most excited for for Deppen getting this spot uh, spot in this year's bowler. Yeah, I, I figured we talked about Deppen enough. No need to yeah. suck his yeah, yeah. more. Have, who's Blake Christian? I don't know much about Blake Christian. I think he tags with uh, Alex Zane, right? Which is weird since they're facing each other. But oh, is it a four way? Uh, no, no, tag team with uh, yeah, yeah, Joey yeah. and Alex Zane against Blake Christian yeah. and Tony Deppen. I'm not terribly familiar with Blake. I've just seen pictures of him, but I, I imagine he has to be fairly on the level to be fucking making it to PWG. Yeah, yeah, for Super Dragon to be making that call. Uh, yeah. I think it's cool that we, at this stage, we're like, hey, I don't know who this guy is, but if Super Dragon's bringing him out for this show, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing him. He Hell must yeah. be good. They're there's no doubt in my mind, like, well, this guy has to be good enough. The last person I think the fans, like, were super worried about was Trevor Lee, and he kind of proved everyone wrong, so there you go. Yeah. Hey, you know the one of the weird things, as much as we're sucking PW's dick, PWG's dick all the time? <laughs> um, yeah. Night one, this is, like, first time I ever remember this. Uh, there are still general admission and standing room tickets available. That's interesting. Isn't that bizarre? PWG, Battle of Los Angeles, night one, still tickets available. I think there's less interest in night one because, you know, they're just it's the first night of the tournament. But it's and happening to be on too. a Thursday night. Yeah, I was just but mm. I yeah. like when you finish my sentences, but not when I'm actually still saying them. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably relate to Courtney well in that. <laughs> I, I used to, I used to always say to my 
or a joke, but with my other ex-girlfriend's like, I finish your sentences because I can't stand to hear you speak. <laughs> Beautiful. I said it to be funny, but she got a kick at it. We had that kind of relationship. I think that would really complement this uh, next stand-up set well. Work it in. Well, I'll work it in. Yep. Sure. Um, night two still has standing room available also. Rest is sold out. But, uh, yeah, we got some matches on that one that I think will, like, Bandito and Laredo Kid. That, in all honesty, is probably the one thing I'm most excited for on night two. Um, that match should be insane. Uh, then we have Orange Cassidy against David Starr. Pretty pumped for that one. I've seen um, David Starr have an awesome match with Orange Cassidy. In, um, Dude, I bet the story wrestling. in that match will be incredible. That'll be... Because we, it's the perfect setting for the Smarks to watch this grappler face the funniest wrestler in the world right now. So, and th- that was the exact story they told in the Beyond match. So, I think that that even if they just took that exact match that they did for Beyond, did it here, it would get over like gangbusters. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I think we talked about this last time too. Tony Deppin's opponent in the first round is Pentagon Junior. Oh. Yeah, so he's not going over. Unless he does, that'd be so fucking ridiculous. That, Holy sh I that that's that's what I'm predicting, actually. I think that would be the, the best holy shit moment. Um and we'll, you know, free Pentagon Junior up to, to be in some the, the crazy tag or whatever the next night. Um yeah. and yeah, I think Tony Deppin's gonna be a big part of the future of P W G. That's that's one thing. Um cousin Ben asked me who I think's gonna be winning this thing. And my first thing was like, well, there's a lot of guys. I don't know how much longer they're going to be around in PWG. You know, who knows what's going to happen with these AEW contracts once uh, TV kicks in or you're hearing about a lot of guys having to finish up their dates. I don't know if PWG is an exception. Um, but, I mean, they've got to be kind of planning for the future right now, right? Yeah, you imagine so. They're Especially with how fresh the tournament is, maybe some of these guys are going to be crucial members of the future. Hmm. So, I mean, in, in that light, I'd say the right call there is to put Tony Deppin over Pentagon Jr. I can't disagree with you there, sir. Uh, then we have Aramis against, uh, who we were just talking about, against Ray Phoenix, which, yeah, hey, if you're going to get a, a spotlight in the first round, Ray Phoenix is the man to, to do it with. Um, Joe, in a similar way, we've got Joey Janella against uh, a fellow Australian of mine in uh, Mick Moretti. Um, so yeah, I've, uh, high hopes for, for Mick to have a good showcase there. And then, um, Jake Atlas against Jungle Boy, uh, which should be really fun as well. You know that those guys go quite a ways back in that, uh, kind of California indie scene. Uh, and then, ooh, non-tournament tag team match, Gresham and Daisuke Sekimoto against Jeff Cobb and Brody King. Whoa. <laughs> the little Gresh up in there. <laughs> It'll be awesome. Yeah, it's like gonna be grapple fuck and uh, real, real hoss, 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 hoss. Yeah, I, I, I want to see a spot where Gresham just like looks at the size of the rest of the guys and just kind of does the Yano arm thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I think that'll be that'll surprise some people. And then uh, yeah, the main event, Aussie Open against the Rascals in a PWG woo woo. World Tag Team Title match. 
Man, I uh, do. Do they they make the big surprise and have uh, Aussie Open take that one? I don't know. Where does Davis reside currently? Uh, UK. I think he resides in uh, what's it called? Wolfram Wolfram Room. Well, places in UK are weird. <laughs> I won't quote you. Uh... <laughs> yes, he resides in Wolfram Room, UK. Put that hey, on the record. That's not. Is that too costly for them to be ship to ship him over uh, to make a show every month? Or well, that's what they were doing months? for um for Jonah and for Brooksy for a long time. Every time PWG. Oh would yeah, fly yeah, them I out. forgot. Yeah, they were. Then they, they weren't even holding any belts. Hmm. So, yeah. Hang on one second. My dog got stuck in the other room. One second. I'll be right back. So Jeremy's dog is uh, stuck in the other room. I'll uh, continue Jeremy's gimmick of looking at the things that are on my desk. I've got a uh, $5 American note, which uh, an artist oh, you're so dumb. Uh, illustrated a, a patriot mask over the top of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> uh, Really top work there. Uh, big big fan of it. That was actually done by Davey Painting, who does the um, the the mats for Beyond Wrestling and a lot of other wrestling companies. That's uh, dog. one day in Chris's office. Beautiful. Yep. Yeah, dog uh, goes and pushes the other door open, and then he can't push it the other way when he gets stuck inside. So he gets all oh yeah jelly got stuck outside in a similar fashion when i got home from my run uh last night and courtney was downstairs and all i could hear was squealing jelly just wanted to come say hello to me and she was stuck out the back poor girl <laughs> poor dog yeah and then uh a quick little wrap up on the final stage which is in fact sold out coincidentally that was the night that i had to buy the tickets for john jeremy and i and it was the hardest one. I had those general admissions in the thing, and then they just disappeared. And then I had to scramble at the last minute to get standing room. And then uh, we've got a complicated swap skis that we spoke about last time that's then happened. So hopefully that's yeah. all sorted. I think it's funny how the tickets just sold out, but yet we were still able to procure them. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, but yeah, so all of the rest of the final night will be yet to be revealed, except for uh, a possible PWG Tag Team Title match between uh, Aussie Open and the Dark Order slash uh, Super Smash, formerly known as Super Smash Bros. Uh, I'm wondering. If I'm going to bring my uh, Dark Uno mask or Evil Uno mask. I might have to wear that. In the, maybe he'll ask me to be a creeper. Ooh, there you go. Oh, can you get my man titties out? Shit, that'll be cool. <laughs> <laughs> you can be the dude that he um that he sits on on top of. No, I would never let him sit on me. I have to pose. <laughs> yes, I have to be pose. on camera. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love it. Uh, so yeah, uh, all all set to go. Uh, got Bloodsport coming up before that as well, and they finally announced a new man who will be facing um. Josh Barnett since the Moxley cancellation and it is none other than Chris fucking Dickinson who again another guy that we've just sucked the fucking schlong of on previous episodes but I cannot wait to see that match he's actually uh, taking on uh, for there's a wrestling company in Oregon around here Prestige where he's going to be facing uh, Tom Lawler so it's going to be the filthy Ooh. Lawler versus the filthy father Ooh. I'm excited 
Um, but yeah, that's it. We've got a whole bunch of wrestling shows coming up. We've got a night in Tijuana. Um, uh, we're maybe going to go to an indie show of some sort. We'll see what we can do. What's going on there, friend? It's a lot of crunching. An asshole. Me? Hello? Hello? I'm back. You're back? Are we calling me an asshole? No, the dog. He, apparently, uh, he went in my roommate's room and peed on the bed and then also just pulled the headset out again. He completely <laughs> unplugged my shit. He clearly to is yeah, trying to get you to, to finish off this show and uh, get out of here. Uh, yeah, yeah. I need to pack. Um, yeah, we've, we've got things to do. I've got a, I've got a whole country to, to leave and get into another one. So I'm all checked Safe in. Safe travels, my friend. Thank we'll you. See you. I'll see you. I'll actually see you in roughly about a week. Mm. So uh, be careful out there, okay, pal? Yeah, I'll be uh, landing in um, in Philly on Thursday morning. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be staying in Fishtown, which I don't know anything Fish about, Town. but the name sounds cool. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> time for some plugs. Uh, you can follow me at Chris Things uh, on the the Twitter and mainly the Instagram. Check out all the cool art stuff, um, and and hit me up for some Prinskis if you want. Uh, where can we find you, my friend? Uh, you can find me, you know, outside your window right now. Don't look around. Uh, but no, you can find me on Twitter at James Vanderbeek, J A I M S Vanderbeek. I am also on the same handle on the Instagrams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find the show at Grown Men Pod, uh, where we will occasionally share things, maybe post things, maybe put a link up about things that we talk about, and, and also let you know when the new shows come out. That's what we do yeah. for you. Uh, also, big thanks to Social Suplex, the marvelous podcasting network that uh, makes all of this magic happen. Uh, you can find a, a bunch of other tremendous shows on there, such as One Nation Radio, uh, Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, The All Elite Show, Keeping a Strong Style, uh, all of that at the, the home base of socialsuplex.com. Woo! I, um, I, Woo! I actually had the, the notes up in front of me so I could read those out after the, the disaster of the show plugs that was last week's episode. So I hope oh everyone Lord. will for, forgive those awful memories of last week and uh, just focus on how fucking great a job that I did on the plugs this week. Thanks. Yes, indeed. One <laughs> quick question before we get out of here. Yeah. Uh, what day are we going to Mexico? I forget. Saturday night, my friend. Saturday I mean, night. Saturday. Well, we'll probably be there during the day, I would assume. Um, I was thinking about getting a tattoo during the day, but never mind. All right, cool. In Mexico? Saturday You're going to get a Mexican no. tattoo? Hell no. I was going to go to Manny Daggers again, but never mind. Uh, well, maybe if we can do like a 5 a.m. tattoo for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. All Safe right. Travels. Get swifty, everybody. Thanks. All right, I'm going to scold this dog and apologize to my roommate, so I will talk to you later, buddy.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.